Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I am your host, Justin Oliver, here with co-host Dane Lee. Today we're going to get into how to prepare yourself for success. Um, you know, that goes hand-in-hand hand with life, fitness. We're going to try to keep it a little bit more on the fitness side today. Uh, I want to start with a quote by Alexander Graham Bell. Before anything else, preparation is the key to success. Uh, Dane, what's your thoughts on that quote? I have this video that I put out uh, on Instagram that says, like, the habits are everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is my absolute belief, that how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you want to prepare to win at something, and regardless of what that winning means to you and what the level of winning is, your ability to figure out how to prepare for that and then how to make that preparation a habit is the foundation of all future success, or lack thereof. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to building a, a routine as well. Um, well that's huge. You know, stu- studies show that if, if you build a routine, you're doing uh, around about the uh, same thing every day, you're going to create better habits, and you're going to mm-hmm. become better at those habits. You're going to be more productive. Um, <clears throat> You know, for example, you know, I always like to take myself or I can take, you know, Lindsay because we, I know what kind of goes on every day with our own personal routines. But, you know, every morning when I get up, my routine is that I go downstairs and I go in my office and I instantly turn on my computer and I get to work mm-hmm. straight, straight out of bed, start getting to work. Um, I do have the luxury that Lindsay cooks my breakfast, but <laughs> you know, some some days you know I have to do that. But I'm doing it kind of simultaneously to, um, you know, to starting my work, whatever that's going to be for the day. It could be checking emails, could be starting on programs, um, could be something business oriented, could be checking something on a website, mm-hmm. could be checking something with memberships. Um, you know, even though I do still have help with the gym email. You know, I'm still in there, but I also have my personal email, so I have to answer clients, answer anything that's coming in uh, for me. But then, you know, other things that come up, everyone's got a life. And mm-hmm. I think that's what people look to people that become successful and forget that these people still live a life. Now, if you're super wealthy, you might have an assistant to get some things done. Yep, happiness. But, uh, you know, everyone's still got a life. Everyone still lives the same life. You still got bills. Mm-hmm. You still may or may not have kids to take care of um you know and some lives are going to be a little bit harder than others but everyone has their own struggles um so you know building that routine of getting up in the morning and going straight into work rather than you know uh, screwing around and putting things off or waiting until later in the day um, i feel like that routine starting out straight to work helps me to progress through my day, get all the stuff done that I need to get done in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my if I'm going into lift in the afternoon or, you know, something comes up through the day, it doesn't throw my routine completely off. So I like to try to make a schedule. Um, I know you're big on routines, lists. Oh, know. God. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge creature of habit. I, so the things that came up, before I even get into anything I do with routine that came up right there, is the word that stands out is priorities. Like you have figured out this is a priority for you and you figure out how to make that work with your schedule and how to change your schedule to allow for that priority so that when the time comes that you want to go have a life, you've taken care of what you have to take care of. So the idea that comes to mind for me when I think about that is my priority is dealing with like always feeling tired. Like I've dealt with chronic fatigue for decades. And people would look at the way that I eat and how I take care of meals and how I take care of sleep and everything, and they think, like, that is ultra-structured. That is obsessive. Going in. It, it is, but it's because what I realized is that when I have those moments when I can't have a life, when I hang out with family, when I hang out with friends, and I feel like shit because I didn't do the right things, I don't get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is way more important to be able to take care of myself. And how do you do that? You do it with a routine. You build those habits. But the other thing that I know about you and what I know about myself is that it's a constantly evolving process. Like You don't get married to this idea of, I'm going to have this one routine and I have to stick to it. It's like, no, the routine is ever-growing. And you figure out 
how can I make this better? Do I need to make it better? Mm-hmm. And if I can, what do I do? How do I adapt? How do, you know, it's like strength training. It's like, yeah. you know, I've got this program that got me this far. What do we need to do to get past that? Do you want to get past that? Yeah. You know, that gets into a conversation well, of like, how prepared do you want to be? How prepared do you need to be mm-hmm. for your success? I think the other thing is being being able to adapt to things that get thrown at you. Yeah. Um, a lot of people seem, and admittedly myself, I, I sometimes have trouble with that where something will come at me and it might throw me off for a short period of time, but then I try to get right back on track. Um, I think that people get confused with the idea of structure thinking that there's no flexibility. Yeah. And it's actually, in my experience, the opposite. Yeah. Where if you have structure you realize how to be adaptable. Yeah. It's not, again, you don't get married to the idea of this is what I have to do, but when something comes up, because it's going to, whether it's uh, just life events or it's business or it's relationships or it's training, something comes up and you realize, all right, because I know exactly what I have to do, this is how much room I can make to allow for this other thing, or this is how I have to change the next four or five things that I need to do. Um, I mean, the other day we were sitting here trying to work on the podcast. We were trying to get things set up and it took longer than it was supposed to. What I know is that both of us knew our schedule so that we knew how much extra time that we could we knew, then Yeah, we knew dedicate. the cutoff point right. to, all right, we did what we could, time to move on to the, right. the, the next task. As much as I'm a proponent of like, you know, get it done and, and mm-hmm. don't walk away from that task, sometimes you have to kind of cut your losses or save it for later when yeah. you have a little bit more time. And, and get on to the next thing, you still have a schedule to keep. Um, you know, in, in, in relation to fitness, um, you know, building that routine of getting up in the morning, having a good breakfast, you know, starting your day off right with your macros and things like that is gonna, is gonna transfer a long way to the success of the day. So, you know, personally I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen this on the recovery side of things, when people come in and they have a shitty training session mm-hmm. and you know, the first thing I like to ask them is, how did you sleep? How's your food yep. been? And Because those are the two biggest pillars. And, and most of the time, the response is, well, you know, I, I had shitty sleep last night and the night before. Or, uh, well, you know, I came in from work, um, so I didn't get the chance to eat. Oh, okay, what would you eat today? Oh, I had, you know, what accumulates to about 600 calories, and it's 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. So... You're, you're pretty much, you're in for a bad day. I mean, you might be able to mentally push through that day, maybe, but your performance isn't going to be where it's at and where it needs to be had you have structured your meals properly throughout the day. Um, you know, sleep is one of those things we've both struggled with. Yeah. So there's there's nights that you're, hey, it just ain't going to go right, and right. that's just the way it is. Um, but you need to be either aware of that and know, okay, I'm going to push my training off a day. Or you need to, you know, on the flip side of that, is have the the mental toughness to kind of push through that day and, and what i always say is it kind of depends on what's going on that day if it's mm-hmm. something that you can come in and let's say it's off season volume and you can kind of get through it and it's not going to be um something that is going to set you into a deeper hole mm-hmm. okay but if it's something that's highly cns driven and you have a max double that day or something um that, that's probably not the smartest time to take that double, especially um, if it's in a prep or something. You might need to push it a day. And we've all lived and learned that. I've, I've taken heavy heavy lifts um, on a couple hours of sleep or no sleep, and you know probably wasn't the smartest decision at the time, but I learned from it that mm-hmm. that probably wasn't the smartest thing. I just pushed my recovery off even further. I like seeing that people are dedicated to getting work done. I just wish that they had a, an, a different viewpoint on what the work was that needed to get done like in that moment the most important thing is not coming in and picking up a barbell it's what did you need to do in order to fix your sleep for the Mm -hmm. next one what did you need to do in order to fix your food going into it so that you can prepare yourself um and i love being like the opposite side of the coin in like in this gym because everyone's going to have slightly different variables when it comes to sleep when it comes to food but that doesn't change the fact that they are still the most important parts as much as i enjoy helping people out with biomechanics and with recovery programs modalities and doing sports massage none of that trumps and never will trump getting sleep and food right and if you don't have a routine and you don't have the habits 
in place in order to make those right. And we can, you know, some other time we can go into what is it that makes it right. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that figured out, you're always going to be having these reoccurring days of bad training. And what's worse is you might not even know it. You might think that that's a norm. You just get into this groove of thinking, well, this is what it feels like to train. And you feel like shit all the time. Until they get those things on point when their nutrition becomes on point. Um, when their sleep comes on point even I mean just the nutrition factor I've had so many people that they start to repair their nutrition a little bit and magically things start happening how they mm-hmm. should be that happened um, with me and you yeah um, so long story short I started working with Justin about four years ago yeah so regardless of how long I had been in the fitness industry and everything that I was doing I knew very little about macros and how much I should be eating and he really helped me out with that and I remember at one point I'm sending him over information on what I'm eating and I'm talking about how my gymnastics practices are going and I said it's been about three weeks and I've had really good practices I'm waiting for it to go bad and he's like well why would you think that and I said because it always goes bad right about now I never go this long feeling this good I'm expecting it to suddenly crash because I was never taking care of myself with just eating enough of the right things. Mm -hmm. I thought I was eating a lot. Everyone always thinks like, oh, I have a really big appetite, I'm eating a lot. And what the truth was like, I had one big meal a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, look at all this food I'm eating. But it wasn't enough to fuel my body consistently throughout the day and every single day that my mindset was blown. Yeah, and that that comes back to that example too of like, someone that comes in at 5 p.m., they've had 600, 800 calories for the day. you know, thinking that they're going to be prepared to have a good workout. And what happens? Okay, you get that workout done. All of a sudden, it's, let's call it 7 o'clock at night. you got to go home, shower, eat, get to bed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is those people go home, and they either still undereat or they just gorge on food. And even that gorging on food, a lot of times you're not going to be able to get in your protein requirements. You're not going to be able to get in. Um, you, you could slam carbs and fats pretty easily, but... Again, how much junk are you throwing in if you're only getting three meals yeah. in? Um, and the biggest one is, you know, is the protein factor. And I've seen this with my clients. And you got to remember, I've, I've tracked um, my own macros for years on and off. Um, and I, I actually recently just started tracking again. And I found myself, you know, I started off measuring um, pretty much what looked to be uh, what I was eating you know, consistently for the past couple weeks, couple months. And I started looking at them like, man, you know, some days I was probably under eating protein a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some days I probably wasn't at that optimal carb level. Um, you know, fats were inconsistent. Um, some days very high, some days a lot lower. So I think just getting back on that helped me find a little bit more consistency. But again, I've had clients that will send me, um, you know, their check-ins and talk to me about, what they've been eating and I'll see, okay, you had, you know, three or four meals for the day, or let's call it four meals um, in one of those being a snack, but yet you somehow got, you know, 200 uh, grams of of protein in. And you start to do that math. It's like, so what did you eat? A giant steak for every single meal? Mm -hmm. And if they did, okay, then, hey, you got there, you know? Probably not the most optimal level, but hey, you got there. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, studies do show you you can ingest a large amount of protein. It will metabolize. It's just going to take some time to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to throw it all into a one-hour window, good luck. But um, anyway, uh, back to the point. It's like you just showed me nine times out of ten that you're actually not tracking your food, yeah. or you're not preparing your day properly to be successful and each day is a compounding effect so if you're off on your nutrition you know four days out of the week three days out of the week that all compounds but if you're consistent every day and getting that one percent every day that one percent over the year is going to matter yeah you know so um i think it comes back to again being consistent finding your routine and finding your structure make sure your meals are prepped make sure that you have things ready to go so if you are on the go then you can quickly grab it and run. Mm-hmm. And this is a reason, you know, for me personally, that I use um, a meal prep service. Um, I get, what, six six to eight meals a week, mm-hmm. all right? So if I'm on the go, I know I can hurry up, 
grab one of those, gone, out the door. Um, if I'm in between something at home even working, it's like, I, I probably have time to stop and cook, but if I don't want to because I want to keep tasking, hey, it's prepped. Throw it in the microwave, yep. get it done. And that's on top of my already prepped foods. Yeah. But how many times, you know, we've all seen where you go to, and we all do it, where you go to get in there and it's like, okay, I don't really have the exact thing that's going to need to hit my macro, so I have to cook something. Or worst case, oh, man, I haven't been to the store yet. Things got busy, not prepped up. Bam. Now I have my lifeline, which is my meal prep. Yeah. So, so what I don't want people to hear is that this seems overwhelming Mm-mm. as you're going through. It's it's, it's really not. Um, break it down. No, it when you see all of it, you're like, oh my god, there's like eight different steps that you could go through as you're going through. There's eight different levels on how specific you can be. And I'm making that number up. I don't know that's eight. But it's coming back to what we said earlier, it's an evolving process. If the first thing that you did is just go and talk to somebody and say, how can I eat better? Like just start that conversation. And then they can help you understand, all right, this is how often you should be eating a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, step one. Yeah. And then step two is talking about you know, what are the better foods that yeah. you can be eating? What, okay. what are the things you need to start cutting out? It might not be everything at once. It might be, um, you know, I don't like to group too many bad foods and too many good foods because I, I do like a little bit of flexible dieting in there. But um, that doesn't mean if you're drinking four Cokes a day and you're having, you know, white bread for every single meal, we can probably optimize that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we, we start pulling little things out that aren't needed where I had a client that was having trouble um, hitting their protein, um, their sodium level was a little too high, uh, and they were having trouble staying under their fats. I said, oh, okay, send me screenshots of what foods you're actually eating, mm-hmm. and bam, there's pork that shows up all the time. Sub that out for lean ground beef. You yeah. know, something that simple can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just a step. Like They were yeah. doing work prior. Yeah. You see one thing that can be corrected. You take a step. All right, we're going to substitute this particular food. Mm-hmm. Now take that example and then apply it to fitness. Mm-hmm. Apply, apply it to anything. Apply it to sleep. Apply it to recovery as you're going through. It's the same process. It's like what's the first thing that you can do to make it better? And then how can you evolve that? Mm-hmm. What is the next step? Who do you need to talk to? And have that open mindset that allows you to have those conversations. You know, Go out and try to get knowledge on your own. Absolutely. But... The whole purpose of this podcast and the whole purpose of really what we do as coaches is in order to give knowledge. Exactly. So, like, help people yeah. take those and, steps. And we're still gaining knowledge from yeah. other coaches, other, you know, anywhere we can really grab exactly. it. And, um, you know, a great example is uh, Dan Bell, who's our, our weightlifting coach here for Rubber City Weightlifting. You know, he's been coaching for 20-plus years, and he'll be the first person to say, like, He's learned something from me who's not in his field, you know, his exact field. I don't yeah. coach uh, weightlifters, um, you know, and I'm not in that in that niche. I don't know how I coach weightlifters, sure, but, like, I'm not as specialized as him. He knows yeah. way more about weightlifting than I can even comprehend. Um, the things he, that he'll he, just casually throw off in conversation yeah. that you're like, holy shit. Yeah, but, <laughs> or some lifter will do something. I'll, I'll try to chime in. I'm like, all right, so he did this. And then he'll break down three other things. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know shit. <laughs> you know, so, but, um, but again, like he, he's, you know, admittedly he's learned things from me. I've learned things from him. Mm-hmm. How we learn things from our clients sometimes because they might – um, ask a question that we've never really heard it asked that way before right. or they might talk about an issue because everyone's different that client might have an issue that we haven't dealt with personally before or very rarely have dealt with yeah um you know me and you are great examples of this if if we're going to our nutrition coach or i mean even you know my coach for programming i let him know like hey i have a digestive issue i have crohn's yeah. disease like this can you know, affect my, my training as far as fatigue, you know, dieting. I don't, I don't want to get into the whole scope of the disease, but, you know, that thing does affect me. It's mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease. Same, you know, with, with yours. You're, you had to let me know that with your nutrition. Yeah. So. What he's refer- I have celiacs uh, was what he's referring to. Um, so it does create a lot of empathy in those situations. But you're right. You're going to run into people who have uh, issues and conditions that you've never 
been able, or never worked with before, yeah. don't have a lot of experience with. And so what do you do? You have to have an open mindset in order to be able to prepare yourself as a practitioner or as a coach in order to help them out. Because that's still the end goal. It's like, how can I help them to achieve yeah. what, what their goal is? At the same time, if it's something that is out of your scope, you refer them. Absolutely. Don't try, don't try to take on someone just because they're going to pay you. If you think it's out of your realm or they need to seek medical advice before you work with them, then say that. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see that a lot where coaches will either A, try to work with someone they have no business working with as far as the um, the goal that they have that they've never have no business dealing with. You know, and you'll see coaches try to stretch them themselves thin like coaching everything yep. across the board and especially athletes across the board in every single sport, every single category. Um, not really smart there, but then also, like, if they have a medical issue that you don't feel comfortable working with, then you refer them out. Mm -hmm. right? And especially on the nutrition side, there are people that do come to me that I've turned down because I just, um, I think that they're doctor and they need to listen to their doctor more often. And those being, like, if someone comes to me with uh, thyroid issues, first thing I do is, okay, we, I need to know what your, your labs have been like. I need to know pertinent medical information even then I'm hesitant to really take them on mm -hmm. um, I will I can attempt to but I, I feel like that's kind of the medical realm and um, you know people with diabetes I'm sometimes hesitant to work with those people because I feel like they um, need to get medical attention and not to say all um, uh, you know uh, registered dietitians are geniuses because we've seen they're not but they're dealing with those type of people every single day. Yeah. Um, now, all, we've seen some registered dietitians on the athlete side don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. But when they're dealing with those things every day, I like to refer out. So, again, don't work with something you're not comfortable with. I feel like that's one of the best examples that we could come up with for multiple reasons across multiple yeah. genres. Where yeah, we could go on forever on that. Because <laughs> I think that that is a particular strength here at the gym that – it's one of the tenets. Like, it's written on a piece of paper. It's in the office. It's like, we do not do each other's jobs. Mm -hmm. We learn from each other, absolutely. We help each other out, but we don't do each other's jobs. Exactly. And if someone comes to me, just like you said, you know, people have come to you, and I don't feel comfortable, you know, being able to help them, or I don't feel that I'm capable, it's in my scope, like, I say it right away. And what I know is that I've, you know, quote, unquote, lost clients because mm -hmm. of that, because I've sent them somewhere else. But I've gained trust. Exactly. in that individual yep. and I can help to network with that other person so I so when people come to me and I know that they need a chiropractic adjustment there's a you know particular group of chiropractors that I will send them to depending on where they are location who I trust because you know I've earned the trust of and uh, hopefully you know build a good relationship with these people that if I send them somebody I know that they're going to get taken care of this, exactly. you know this athlete yeah. who's client yeah and down the road, when something comes up that I can help them out with, I hope that they're the person that I come back to. Exactly. Um, but the overall picture, that's more important to me, mm -hmm. that you know I'm not trying to spread myself too thin. I'm not trying to work with people that I have no business, because when I first came into it, I had you know a handful of steps on what I wanted to start my business, and one of them was, I want to work with athletes. Yep. That's it. Like I take on other people who are members of the gym and if you know there's a handful of like therapeutic cases that I'm willing to do but for the most part I want to work with athletes because there's a mindset that comes with working with athletes yeah. that or let me rephrase there's a mindset that should come should, yeah. with that, being an athlete that kind of um, you know not to cut you off but that, that kind of brings me into uh, the other part that you know you're kind of already walking into here is that um if you want to consider yourself an athlete, call yourself an mm -hmm. athlete, treat yourself like an athlete, you have to dive into that culture and understand what it's like to live day in and day out like an athlete. Um, you know, again, what we've been saying this entire time, build that consistency and routine. Make sure your food's on point. Make sure your sleep's on point. Um, come to see Dane for her recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, how many of my clients have I given to you um, or referred to you I should say because uh, they have the choice to go anywhere they want I've referred them to you um, because they have this issue minor issue here there whatever and within two weeks things start to clear up but it's also that continuing uh, recovery programming mm -hmm. that continuing biomechanics 
or that continuing, uh, if they are in person coming to see you, um, to continue on. So each day, it's, it's like your whiteboard sessions, um, which if, if you want to check those out, do go to Dane's Instagram. They're very knowledgeable uh, sessions there. So, but They're a little lengthy. But. Yeah, they're a little lengthy, <laughs> but there's a lot of information in there. And if people want to know it, that's where you need to go. You need to actually educate yourself. And that, again, that's part of, we'll get into that too. That's part of immersing yourself into being an athlete. But um, that continued recovery, you know, for the most part, um, even with my crazy schedule, I still try to come see you yeah. as a continuing uh, effort to make sure that I'm recovered to perform my best. Mm-hmm. And if you put things off for six, eight weeks, whatever, and it becomes an injury, a serious injury, when it could have just been a minor thing that you could have got nipped in the butt right away, um, we, we've seen that happen multiple times. Or, you know, I, and I've had clients that you can't see on their video that something's off or they're feeling something yeah. and they don't tell you. And then four weeks later, yeah, my, uh, my back's been hurting for the past four weeks. Well, why didn't you say something? Say something so we could have programmed around it. We could have well, figured it out. I it would just go away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know you've seen that a lot. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, and I say that jokingly because you hear that so often. It's like, oh, I thought it would just go away. And it's like, there are things that resolve themselves, but they weren't a result of the training. That's not where they came from. Um, but if you have strains that are happening, if you have uh, overtraining syndrome that is happening from what's going on and you don't speak up about that, how can you expect your coach or you know, other practitioners to be able to help you out to make adjustments? Because if you catch it initially, you might be looking at three, maybe four sessions at most if you're being really conservative. And within two weeks, you're coming back to 85%. And it's a little bit of a a slower climb from there, maybe like 5% per week after Mm -hmm. that. But it's really fast. Once you're injured, that's a whole different process. Exactly. You know, that is completely undoing the programming in order to accommodate the injury, in order to figure out what's your rehabilitation process going into it. Who else do you need to see? Do you need a chiropractor? Do you need a physical therapist? Um, You're going to completely change your training that you're doing. If you had a competition that was coming up within the next, I would say, three to four months, cancel it because unless you have something that's a very minor injury you can't go through the preparation coming back to that the way that you needed to for comp prep Mm -hmm. it's not that you're not going to be healed by then you're not going to be healed in time to go through preparation the way you needed to to perform the way you wanted to well and and, you know for myself like you know last couple preps I've had a left adductor issue and this past one it got pretty bad and um, I came to you and you know it was very painful but I Mm -hmm. figured okay I'm gonna recover things are gonna be fine and I knew going into the meet that it was gonna flare up I Mm -hmm. knew things were gonna hurt Um, and that was partly ego talking that I wanted to hit you know my 700 pound squat on the platform and my squat training went so well and everything like that now I went in I did what I had to do and um, I didn't have you know, the, the greatest um, meet or anything. I, I did decent, but had I just pushed that off because I'm planning to compete again in December, mm-hmm. you know, would that have not flared up post-meet? Would I have already been five or six weeks into solid training now instead of still kind of trying to nurse this thing here um, at 14, coming up on 14 weeks out here, you know, I'm still kind of nursing it in my squat. If I just would have shot my ego down, said, all right, this meat's scratched and repaired myself and got ready to go, you know, by that time of that meat, I probably would have been back into normal training blocks and been fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things, okay, lesson learned. Um, and, you know, even myself, like, it's hard sometimes as an athlete to, to shut down your ego and to shut down your will to fight because that, for most of us, that's how we've always been. Right. We fight. We just fight through it. I feel like you, that's you got it. You got to close it off sometimes, and you got to just get yourself healthy. I feel like that's the opposite end of the spectrum for that mindset. Like that's the slightly darker side of the yeah. mindset, where it's like I'm going to do what it takes. Yeah. You know, I'm going to 
not just immerse myself, but like drown myself yep. in this mindset of I'm going to do what I have to do as an athlete in yep. order to be able to compete. And that's coming back to what we started talking about a little bit at the beginning, where I wish there was a different perspective on what does it actually take? Yeah. Um, in that moment, what do you need to adjust in order to be successful? If it's and this is a conversation we had, like if it's success at that last meet that you had, here's what you need to do and here's what you're going to experience and this is what you should expect. And it was, yeah, it's like it's still going to be bothering you. Can you function? Can you get through it? Yeah. Are you going to perform at 100%? Maybe not necessarily, but here's what we can do and you're going to make it. If it was, hey, I'm going to cancel this, that's a completely different conversation. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of athletes don't realize that that's a conversation that you should always be having. It's an ongoing one. In the same way that you ask athletes, check in with me every week or you know every two weeks or something to let me know how you feel. Because if you have someone and they're killing their training, okay, great, you adjust it. Like You're flying through weights. Let's take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. If two, three weeks in the training, they're dead, what do you do? You adjust. But it's a communication. Yeah. But that communication doesn't come without the proper mindset of what do I need to do to better myself? And sometimes it's back off, sometimes it's, you know, throttle on. Yeah. And, you know, they need to focus on all variables. Um, That's something I, you know, you see me preach it over the years. I mean, I constantly say it and I constantly um, keep telling my, you know, athletes and even new athletes like the same stuff. And, um, you know, that's another reason for this podcast, to get that information out there. So Mm -hmm. I I don't have to repeat myself, but then also like so the people <laughs> that are coming in understand that, um, you know, these things that I've already been immersed in for a very, very, very long time, mm-hmm. you're just starting out. You don't, you're not going to understand it, you know, and even coming, we have people come in from athletic backgrounds that have played sports their entire life. This, this is just a whole different ball game, you know, at, um, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, I I didn't follow everything that I needed to for my nutrition and my sleep and, and even into like my early 20s. I mean, I can remember, um, you know, I, I tried to eat pretty good, but I still ate some junk, you yeah. know, obviously. And yeah. um, I, I kind of learned too through, you know, I would not sleep or something like that, but I would just go at it. You know what I mean? It wouldn't matter because mm-hmm. when when you're 21, 22, 23, everything just feels great. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can go on no sleep, no, no anything. It, it reminds me of you know how I said I took that test the last um, in the last podcast for special warfare or whatever. Uh, I did not sleep the night before, but two hours, and I actually we had to be at the pool. I think at 5:30 a.m. Mm-hmm. I was up at 3 a.m. and I went to the track and I actually ran a mile and did half of the test. Um, prior to actually showing up to take the test. No shit. Yeah, because I didn't sleep and I, I felt kind of like, okay, am I going to have it today? So I wanted to wake my body up and mentally put myself in that position that, um, okay, I know I can go bust this test out still and I'm yeah. going to be fine. So it helped me mentally. And then and back then I, I always have painted, been in tune with my body, paid attention to things. I knew that if I opened up my airways a little bit, opened up my lungs a little bit, I'm going to be better. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember at this time, um, you know, I'm going on 10 mile runs. I'm in the ocean for an hour at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the pool for an hour and a half pool workouts. I'm weight training. I'm in extreme condition. So doing a mile and some push ups and, you know, stuff like that, pull ups isn't going to affect me. Yeah. You know, for someone that's working out multiple times a day, you know, doing that, it's, it wasn't bad, but, um, but it just goes back to, like I said, you, you have to be in tune with your body. You have to account for all variables and do what it's going to take and sacrifice those things to progress. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, let's gear this towards the higher level athlete or the person that wants to progress quick, the quicker you can nip all the variables, mm-hmm. get them consistent, get them right, you're going to know if something's off. So how can you make changes yeah, until you have until you consistency? Know, until you know what baseline is and what baseline feels like yeah. and um, get back to homeostasis, you don't know. You, you When you're sleeping well, check that box. Mm-hmm. When you're eating well, check that box. Um, 
make the tweaks on your diet. You know, play with it a little bit. See what works better for you. It might be more carbs. It might be less carbs. It might be more fat. You know, you got to play with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to coaches. Gain knowledge. Continue to tweak things. And then make those life sacrifices too. If you want to be an athlete, I'm sorry to say, if, if you want to be a, a higher level person, some people are genetic freaks can get away with that. Uh, most yeah. things, you know, not to say they don't work. Unfortunately, hard. those are sometimes the ones we hear about most. They're like, yeah. oh, look at what they do, and they're still successful. Yeah. I can do that too. No, yeah. you can't. It, it goes. I made a post not long ago about you know drinking and stuff. I, I'm someone you know I, I grew up you know drinking, having fun, partying. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to still have drinks with my buddies, you know, whatever, once in a while. Sometimes I just had a, a hard week and I like to make a glass, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, or two. Yeah, it just is what it is. But I pick my, my opportunities wisely. Yep. I'm not drinking, you know, the day or two days before a heavy lift. Most of the time, if I'm going to excess a little bit, it's during a deload. Now, sure, that's going to push off my recovery. I know what is going to happen to me. Um, but you have to learn to make sacrifices. You know how many times that, you know, I hear it from athletes all, all over too that when they say they're a homebody, they don't do anything, they don't go anywhere. Like, it's not to say that for powerlifting or for weightlifting or whatever you're into that you need to just be a hermit, never talk to anyone, put yourself in a bubble. That's not healthy either. Um, but I'm guilty of it. I'll tell you, I've, I've sacrificed going out like, hey, you want to go golfing? Sorry, I can't golf because... I, I have training coming up. I know how it's going to affect me. Can't risk like tweaking something in my shoulder or my back or what you know, whatever. Um, or you know, going out. Okay, if I go out tonight and I'm out till eleven, and I happen to miss a meal or two, and let's say I do have a couple drinks and I'm dehydrated, you know, yep. that compounding effect. And the better you get, the more you can feel when you do the stuff that's off. So even just going to an event where you're out until midnight or something um, in one in the morning might throw your sleep off. You're going to feel that, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of people, especially the young people, don't understand. Right now, if you're not sleeping, if you're going out partying or doing you know, things more often than you should be, if you're not eating right, you don't even know what good training feels like yet. No. No. So. so what I think that is, is a mindset of fear. Because what you just said is you're willing to tell people, no, I can't go golfing right now. No, I can't go out because I have training. And they would look at that and they'd probably be confused because they're like, why are you prioritizing that? Like, why aren't you oh, having I've had, fun? I've had people say yeah, it to like, me. Like, why? Why is that more know, important? And, and it's it's like, a lot of times it's bro talk. It'll be, yeah. oh, man, why are you? You know, don't be a pussy, come out, like, you know, all that stuff. But it's... You don't get to tell me yeah. what's important to me. You don't get yeah. to tell me what I enjoy yeah. more. These are my goals. And yeah. this is what I prioritize. Yeah. This is what's important to me. Yep. And when someone comes up against that in someone else, when push comes to shove, where they give in. Yep. Because they're allowing that other person to tell them what their priorities are. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, at this point, know that... I'm just not going to eat certain foods because I don't feel good. And when I don't feel good, I act like an asshole. And I don't want to act that way. I want to be professional. I want to make sure that I show up on time to things. We love food. Some people don't get, like, there's foods that I know eating them. Like, oh, man, this ain't going to go over well probably. But, you know. God damn, it's good. It's good. (laughs) You know. And sometimes, like, you know, it just is what it is. I'm going to eat it. But um, I try to, you know, mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah. So, like you, you take advantage of it when you know you can take advantage of it. Like you said, like sometimes you, when you have a drink or you get to go out with your buddies or you get to go golfing, you get to do things that you can fit into it that don't distract or take away from training. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, take the word training and replace it with anything. Work, relationships, yeah. you know, whatever it is. You prioritize the things that are the most important to yeah. you. And I don't. Maybe it's something that just it comes a little bit more with age. Like in the early twenties, you don't know what that is, and then you don't have a voice to stand up for that when you find out what it is. Well, sometimes it comes down to like having a mentor tell you to, because you don't know until you realize it, or have someone um, 
you know, talk to you about it. And that, that's another reason why I wanted to start this because I found myself in the past couple of years taking on more of a mentorship role to a lot mm-hmm. of athletes. And I feel like I'm constantly having these conversations or even life or business conversations with people that, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's let's put it on a platform and maybe people understand. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, it, it's like I have on my, uh, I do have a list on my mirror of my goal weights that I want to hit and what it's going to take to get there. Mm-hmm. I think there's about eight or nine steps on there. And one of them does say one time a week I have to do something that is not fitness or work-related that I enjoy doing. So, um, you know, that might be fishing, golfing, uh, you know, whatever I want to do. Sometimes it's, I think I told you this not long ago, sometimes it is literally sitting there and watching a movie or two for a couple hours and doing absolutely nothing. Now mm-hmm. it's hard for me to sit down, so I'm getting up, you know, yeah. doing whatever. But I try to tune everything out. I'm not working. I'm going to watch a movie. Uh, maybe it's something that came out. Maybe it's something old, you know, whatever. But I enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to find those things that take you away from it. And then, um, you know, here we are, Labor Day weekend, having a podcast. Yeah. We're still working. Yeah. Um, I would love to be out at a lake or out doing whatever. But when you have your own business, it doesn't really work that way. Um, you still, you know, you, it's like that. what everyone says. There are no days off. So it's the sacrifice of being an entrepreneur. It sucks. You find time. You it make sucks time. At times, but you, you, you make time to do what you can do. And sometimes it's great because you can, at times, on a Tuesday, you know, go away for the day or yeah. whatever. I don't have to ask anyone, really. I just do it. You mm-hmm. know? And I think everyone wants that lifestyle. It, but they don't understand the sacrifices it takes to get there, which we'll which is a great comparison to athletics. Yeah, it's like people want to have the athlete lifestyle, but don't want to do everything they, that comes they watch, along. With that they package. watch their favorite, you know, athlete or take, you know, I'm gonna use powerlifting. They watch their powerlifter that they love, you know, squat 800 pounds and you know hit 2,000 pound totals, and oh, I want to be there. I want to get there, but they don't do what that athlete did to get there. Right. And, like, there's nothing wrong with having that lower expectation. Like, if you watch that and you're inspired by it and you think, oh, wouldn't that be great to be like that? Mm-hmm. And you think, I want to, I don't know, resemble that, yeah. but not do everything it takes. Like, I want to go and I want to lift and every once in a while I'll do recovery yeah. and I'll do a little food. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then you're... If you want to go hit a 1,500-pound total, no one gives a shit. It is your goal. Yeah. It's what you want for yourself. Do what you need to do in order to do that. But do what you need to do in order to do that. And then don't, you know, on the flip side, don't turn around and knock someone else because they, they want to get to 2,100 or yeah. something. You know, it's just everyone's going to have different goals. But understand, if you say goal, that yeah. you want to be that level, but you don't want to do the work, I mean, not even getting into the conversation of figuring out how to have the mindset. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of deep inner work yeah. to be able to figure out and come up against those demons. But if you're not going to figure out what that mindset looks like and the habits and routines that go into preparing to be at that level, I mean, there's no way that you're going to be successful. I think, I think a lot of people, um, they, they, they want to make excuses for why they can't get to that level. And yeah. I've, I've heard them all. You've heard them all. Um, but you know what? With every excuse that someone tries to bring to me... Um, I would rather them just say, this isn't a priority of mine, or yeah. this priority took over, or admit when you're not putting in 100%. You know, that's okay to admit. Admit that it's not a priority. Admit, you know, those things. Not say, I have this issue, that issue, because I can point to an outlier, um, or, or sometimes not even an outlier, I can point to other people yeah. that have had the same situation, or worse probably, and they've done just as good or better. So I think that again, it comes back to ego and it comes back to fear mm-hmm. where if someone comes to me and let's say I gave them a recovery program and I said, this is what you need to do. And I ask them, Hey, did you get it done? And they start giving excuses. What I understand is that one, like you said, it's not a priority yeah. for them, but they're afraid to tell me that no, it just, it isn't a priority. Yeah. So they start coming up with the excuses where I think that part of that fear is that they don't want to. They don't want to deal with the sense of like shame or the 
possibility that I'm going to be disappointed in them. And in reality, if they would just say, hey, I only did one or two and I just didn't prioritize the rest of it, my first thought is not, you're a terrible person. You're never going to be successful. It's how can we change what that is to yeah. match where you are? Yeah. It lets me do a better job of helping exactly. you do a better job of getting to your goal. Yeah. Because they're like, I, you know what? I really only feel like making time two days a week for recovery. Okay. Here's what we're going to yeah, do instead. Because yeah. I, I wrote this on five or six days for recovery. And if we're going to narrow it down to two... It's going to be different and may not be as beneficial, but it's going to be way more beneficial than me writing five days and you getting two of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's just the same thing with training, too. Um, I can remember not long ago, um, this was some months back, I had an athlete come to me. You know, he's got uh, got a couple kids. You know, he's in his upper 30s. He's got a great job that needs a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. You know, but this guy works his ass off. All right. I mean, he is a go-getter. You know, and you could tell that in his personality. The guy wants to win, all right? But he had been training. Uh, it depends what block we were in. Sometimes it was five days. Sometimes it was four days. You know, but he had asked, like, hey, you know, all these things are in life. Like, I don't plan on competing anytime soon, but I want to continue on um, with programming and, and getting better. Um, just basically needed a change up, needed a little bit more time to recover and things. So we went to three days. And... He was amazed, and you know, it let me know as a coach too. I was able to put him on three days and pretty much maintain all of his strength baselines. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, some lifts even felt better because he had that added recovery, and I guarantee it was that added uh, stress reduction mm-hmm. from not having not only having the other day, but just his mental state was not. Oh my God, I gotta get all this done, but I got work, I got the kids, I got this. I, you know, his mental state was yeah. better. So that mental stress was lowered. And anytime you can lower physical and mental stress, you're going to probably produce a better outcome. So that's a really good future topic. It's someone to talk about where you ask people, hey, are you stressed out? Mm-hmm. And that word is as vague as recovery, as yeah. fitness, because it can mean who knows how many other things. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 I don't feel stressed. And it's like, well, tell me what you have going on right now. Well, uh, I'm working six days. And I'm taking classes, and I've and got I have to, to pay for all those classes, right? And, yeah. um, you know, I've got this side job that I'm doing, and I'm trying to work out. And they start listing all these things, but no, 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 I feel great. It's like you are running on I don't know how many cups of coffee every yeah. single day, and just like at the end of the day, you probably crash, get up too early, don't sleep well, etc. You don't even realize that you have stress, yeah. and you don't have a perspective on what stress is. Just because you're not in a bad mood, just because you're not. Uh, feeling emotionally distraught mm. does not mean that you don't have stress on your system. Exactly. And if you can help people to understand that difference, like you said, you can help them to see, hey, let's take a couple of things out and instead of doing you know, 10 things half-assed, let's do you know, three or four things really well mm. and all of a sudden those three or four things take off. Yeah. And once they do, if you want to come back around, you want to look at well, some of the things, I can. I just talked to, um, you know, we had a weightlifter that was we had a weightlifter that was, um, you know, progressing in life, progressing in a relationship, you know, making more money, doing entrepreneurial things. And he, you know, he, he had had an injury and he was kind of coming back, um, but then just was like, you know what, I'm going to hang it up and not competitively weightlift anymore. Mm-hmm. And like I told him, and this is something a lot of people don't understand, is like the more priorities you have outside of your sport or your training, the less focus goes into your training and everything it mm-hmm. takes to be there. Um, so it, it's not that it can't be done, but you don't know what these other people have to do. Um, you know, I'm sure you, you've gotten it plenty of times where people, oh, you work in the gym, so it must be easy to work out. Hell no, it's not. No. <laughs> it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, like, sometimes it makes it harder because I have to, you know, someone has a question on membership. I come in and there's three things I need to take care of before I can get into my workout. Now that just distracted me. But then also just having a business in general is stressful. So, you know, the more, again, going back to the guy with kids and, you know, his job progressing, all that stuff, like this entrepreneur, he's starting a big company and all that. Mm -hmm. Those are real life priorities that it is hard to focus on everything. And like you said, you stretch yourself thin, not everything has a focus and, and your performance will drop off. So, people have to kind of make that decision there. There is a point where 
Um, I had started doing massage on my own. Uh, I started, it was actually when you were in the old space and I was still doing sports massage at Midnight City um, and had moved in with my ex and like there's all these factors that are going in. And from the outside, these are all, I had, uh, also just started doing sports massage with Akron. Mm-hmm. These are all wonderful things. You know, starting my own business and um, starting to work at the collegiate level and having this relationship go to a new extent and then building professional relationships. Um, And what I found was that I couldn't stop thinking about those, good, bad, or otherwise, when I went to practice and work out. It would not shut off. I actually, I had to do a lot of work in order to figure out how do you get that out of your head so that you can focus. That is my. That and they're is my, all positive things. That and that's one of the hardest things for me when I go to work out sometimes and, and try to focus on my workout mm-hmm. is it might be a task that needs done. It might be an email that needs sent. It might be. That's why when I work out and it, you know I log my workout in my phone, you know on my sheets or whatever. It is hard when I see the little you know I need to turn off the icons on, on a yeah. lot of them. I don't have it on my email, which I, I probably need to do that one, but. You know, I don't open my email. I don't try to open my Instagram to see any messages, see anything that's going on. Um, I actually do every time turn off the sound on my phone and I silent it so everything Same. goes straight to voicemail um, because I don't want to be called. I don't want to be texted. I am focused on my training when I come in, 100%. Because so. there, there is that competing voice. And, I mean, you talked about it earlier um, when – you're trying to do something else and you, you can't stop thinking about work. And in a way that's yep. like that's a, a gift where it's like you're very business oriented and this is your passion and this is your drive. But when that drive interferes with the other things that are also passions and they have that competing time, neither one wins. No. You can't give enough attention to the business while you're working out to mm-hmm. be successful with something and you can't give enough attention to the workout and the training in order to get out of it what you yeah. need to. And so at the end of it, you're just pissed off that neither one of them were as successful. Yeah. And you only had so much time to dedicate to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was there was quite a bit of like meditation and figuring out mental practices to like just push that out. Yeah. And part of it is, yeah, you turn the phone on silent. When you're there, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Focus on that. Get that it, out of it. Again, it goes back to trying to plan your day, prioritizing, keeping a routine, keeping a yeah. schedule. Um, the other thing I like to do is during my deload, uh, you know, I get shit done. So during my deload, that's when I try to schedule as many uh, appointments as I can, you know, get things just kind of out of the way that, you know, my training isn't as difficult to do, doesn't take as long. So that gives me more time to prioritize other things. Um, well, a- as you all can see, we can ramble on for a very, very long <laughs> time. Um, you know, and there's many topics in there that we're going to be expounded on and, and, and talk more about later. Um, and we can really dive deep into a lot of these but uh, that'll be it for today you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and Spotify Um, hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast and we'll have more topics Uh, on our next episode we will post on social media to have a QA, and a and we'll try to take about 15-20 minutes to answer some of those so please be on the lookout for it have a good one